Yeah. That's right. That's right. 4.52. Oh, halfway to 9.04, man. <laughs> We're going to get there. It's going to be great. The 9.04, what do you think we should make our 9.04 party? What do you think our 90, episode 9.04 party should be? Um, I think it should be at the Dude's Brewing Company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're free plugging. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. <laughs> right out of the gate. Folks, welcome to the Comedy Film Nerds Podcast, a weekly film review program um, where we talk about movies. And uh, I don't know, I've never done a formal introduction to our show before. I'm really running out of steam. We have great guests. We have great guests. Yeah, we uh, get uh, some in-depth analysis. <laughs> <laughs> of the movies, along with uh, some humorous uh, observations and anecdotes. I've never considered myself a film critic. Never? No, not with this. Even with this people like, oh, you're a movie. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not a critic. I feel like no. I'm just a comedian and a filmmaker that likes talking about movies. Yeah, that's yeah. a critic. A critic is someone that doesn't make movies, that doesn't mm-hmm. work in show business. Mm-hmm. And their job is to just go watch movies and, and give some sort of critique of it that was very true 30 years ago (laughs) (laughs) okay now every time i pick up entertainment weekly i feel like oh one of the entertainment weekly writers got like a a movie deal or is writing a book or something like that so everything's hybridized now and uh it's everyone's got like another hat and uh no one wants to do what they're doing what it boils down yeah, to, Yeah, pretty much. Nobody wants to do what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and there's always that big send-off on the magazine. Oh, we're going to miss them as they go make a million dollars on this TV show that they sold from <laughs> writing for Entertainment Weekly. You know, oh, things no. like that. Wow. Um, so, anyway, we're going to be talking about a lot of movies today. What are we talking about? Not as critics, but as filmmakers and comedians <laughs> who have knowledgeable um, observations to make about the films. Yes. But uh, not criticisms. Not criticisms. <laughs> Oh, we're going to talk about Glass, The Favorite, Mid-90s, and Icarus. We've got a lot, a lot we're going to talk about. It's a big, it's a big mm-hmm. jam-packed episode. Yeah. I'm going to discuss a little split in there, too, because I saw that. Absolutely. And in, in did preparation. You, did you re-watch Unbreakable, too? No, but I feel mm-hmm. like I should have. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to go back and watch it. Okay. And we got some interesting trailers well, that we're going to be well. uh, looking at. And... Uh, um, so let's uh, let's introduce our guest, first time guest, first time guest, mm-hmm. first time, uh, a comedian that I met uh, through the Veterans of Film and TV, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which was really cool. And then you, because uh, you're a vet who's a stand up comic, yeah, and then you started booking this show uh, at the Bear Burger, yeah, in Santa Monica, which is like spitting distance to my house and I would go and perform there all the time, which was fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Wood. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So now you're doing another show because Bear Burger went out, of, they closed yeah, up shop. they'll probably need another bank on Main Street in Santa Monica. Oh, God. <laughs> what is up, man? Uh, it's, Dude, Main know. Street, there's all these closed businesses. Yeah. Yeah, it's gross. Got to like make way for banks and drugstores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's literally that's yeah. what it. That's what uh, literally yeah. another bank just opened up. It mm-hmm. used to be uh, American Apparel, then it was just a regular clothing, and now it's a Chase Bank. Yeah, I, this is not. It used to be mom and pop businesses and restaurants, and now it's like I, it's really bumming me out. Bear like Burger's it. getting ready to turn into a bougie French restaurant <sighs> that's ninety five dollars a plate. They said about average before. Your drinks and everything. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I'm going to start a comedy show there. Yeah, that I think (laughs) that'll be. The rich need more entertainment. (laughs) They do. 
Um, so let now them you eat got, jokes. Let them. <laughs> 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 and but where? So now you're doing a show at the Dudes Brewery in Santa Monica, over in the Santa Monica place, and it's a brand. It's a new establishment. So the show is about three weeks old now. Every Tuesday night, so um, it's getting there. I still miss my little room at Bear Burger where it was just intimate in there. Mm. And now it's hard, like booking like an open, like a large open room. So Bear Burger was so awesome because you know the two guys that ran right, it, Mark and Chris. Mark and they Chris, were, they were just like yeah, they supported everything. Yeah, that you anything did. you wanted to do there. Yeah, and they really, you know, the reason they had to leave was because the rent went so high. Um, but it was such a cool vibe, man. Right. It was like, I mean, I would pop in there like when I was doing the FNX show and mm -hmm. I would have to, you know, I was emceeing it. So I'd have to run my five, six minute yeah. set every week. You let me just, and it was always the audiences. I was like, I would always go, this is a real crowd. Like you yeah. could try new material yeah. and really get an idea of mm -hmm. if it worked or not. Yeah. And the coolest part was, was I never got a text or anything from them like, Hey, how many people you expect tonight? You know, they they were they were always just like it was like when dad would like give you the keys for the night to the house, like, hey, here you go, we'll be back. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it, it was just, I'm, man. I as was long spoiled. as the SWAT team wasn't yeah. called, like, yeah. it's all, well, I mean, it happened a couple well, times. Well, they're fun. Tequila. So. <laughs> no, it was a really cool vibe. So this dude, yeah. I, we we you did a show at at, at the dudes, a fundraiser in the yeah. fall for yeah. for Mal of the Malibu Fires, which mm -hmm. was cool that you were doing that fundraiser. And I was like, well, this is a cool space. Yeah. And you were like, I'm gonna try to make this. So I hope it works, man. Yeah, if you're yeah. on the West Side on Tuesdays at eight o'clock, check yeah, it out. Cause you get, you, man, you, you get solid acts. You don't book, it's not an open mic. No. It is not some bringer show with like no. comics doing material where you're like, oh, it's, you get solid. I mean, Lori Kim Martin's been on the show a yeah, bunch. Yeah, Brody was on last week with me. Mm -hmm. That was, he didn't even use a stage or the mic, just went to all the tables mm -hmm. and <laughs> felt the need. <laughs> you want to know where everybody went to high school. Good, good. <laughs> and sells their mascot. Is that yeah. what he does? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matadors, believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. So so check yeah. that out. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, get into these movies. Which one do you want to do first? I think we should uh, go out of the gate right with glass because okay. I really want to know how this was because I'm hearing, like I said, all over the map of like, oh, it's a great end to the trilogy. It to it's one of his worst movies he ever made. So I I want to hear what you think about. I it. really liked Unbreakable. Okay, and. I didn't see Split when it came out, whatever, a year or two ago, right, right. because I was like, I was a big M. Night apologist. For many years. For many years. <laughs> and then had to like, man, I had to kind of like the village and then the crazy lady in the condo pool and then some of the other, you know, the... The happening. The happening with the... <laughs> you know, you're not even mentioning Avatar. You know, because he did an Avatar movie too. He did an he did Avatar Like The Last Marabender. Yeah, he did that one as oh, well. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> So I was like, I didn't see Split because I was like, I just don't know if I can give this guy. And 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 a bunch of people said, you should watch Split. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I was going to see Glass because when I was like, oh, it's a trilogy? All right, I'm in because I loved Unbreakable. Right. And I remember the criticism of Unbreakable was like, well, it's no sixth sense. I was like, well, that's a dumb comparison. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, that's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Godfather 2 was no apocalypse now. Yeah, they're two different genres <laughs> yeah. and two different sure, movies. Yeah. So there are more valid criticisms to make on that film than he, uh, it's not like Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a ridiculous, if you, if, mm -hmm. and, I, and I loved it and I loved that in, in Unbreakable that he's like doing that 
It's like saying he didn't have enough medium shots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis didn't talk like this enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved it because I'm a, obviously a comic book fan. Mm. I love the big Marvel movies, but he did Unbreakable. What it's that of like if people with supernatural abilities actually existed here. Yeah. Not bitten by a spider or coming <laughs> yeah. from Krypton or yeah. billionaire rich kids or whatever. Like you were born with a heightened sense of mm -hmm. whatever. Right. And and you developed it for whatever reason. I thought it was really cool. And I love Samuel Jackson at the end of the movie. You go, oh, super villain. <laughs> I love, I, I was on board for the whole thing. Right. Oh, wow. And it was really cool. So I went back and I rented Split mm -hmm. um, last week. Right. And it's it's a it's a great movie. I yeah. mean, in terms of like thriller, it's it's a horror thriller creepy right. thing, mm -hmm. but then really, um, it's got some heavy heavy messages and heavy tones in it because mm -hmm. wow. um, James McAvoy's character obviously has all of these personalities. Mm -hmm. And what they do, and, and there's good science fiction in there, what, I, what, and, and what we talk about on this show, good science fiction is rooted in fact, in science yeah. fact, that they, then the filmmaker expands on what if. Hard science fiction. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's the theory that a lot of neurologists and behavioral scientists have, have said, which is people with, with, tip, with, with uh, multiple personalities, a lot of times there was a severe form of childhood trauma. Right, right. And they developed these personalities to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You can go all the way back to the movie Raising Cain if you want. Right. <laughs> so this goes into that, and then M. Night goes, well, what if in the way the brain can create, because I mean, it's the, the research that they've done, one and actual research, one personality writes right-handed, one writes mm -hmm. left-handed. Right, right. And, the, and, and they can't, they don't mix. It's crazy. Like one can speak a language and the other mm. one can't. It's it's like, wow, it's really startling what the brain is capable of. Yeah. So he just asked the question, well, what if the brain then d developed this heightened sense and there's one, and that's the beast is 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 in the, the horde of James right. McAvoy's personalities. The beast is someone that actually has super strength and can mm -hmm. climb walls and 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 it's like, Awesome. And then so now you put it in this unbreakable universe where you've got Glass who is It's like the Lex Luthor. He's the Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. He is he's easily injured, but his brain is is gifted. Mm -hmm. and, and, right. and he's one of those villains who he's not pure evil. Mm -hmm. Right. He's like, I want the world to see what we can do. You know, he's sort of like the sort of Raza Ghoul in the sense of like mm. you kind of can you can you can see some of his point of view. Like I wouldn't mm. use those tactics, but, <laughs> right, <laughs> but right. and then you know Bruce Willis was just born, you know, with uh, a heightened sense of strength. He's just a stronger. He's bullet. Right. His his skin, his muscle structure, and so it's it's really a cool thing. So Split is really fascinating, and. Spoiler alert here, if you haven't seen Split, you gotta watch. So here's a spoiler alert. I would pause this or fast forward. Mm -hmm. At the end of Split, you know, James McAvoy is running wild or whatever, and there's this crazy crime, and then you see Bruce Willis in a diner, 
and he's watching it and he's like, oh, I got to do something about this. And you're like, oh shit, like here right. we go. Mm-hmm. So Glass gets right into that. And mm-hmm. then- Does it start in the mental hospital? No, it starts okay. with a bunch of big events happen. So McAvoy's character is on the loose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, M. Night does a really cool thing. The kid that played Bruce Willis's 10 year old son 15 mm-hmm. years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. They cast the same actor. Mm-hmm. So now here's a 25, 26 year old guy or whatever. Oh, wow. So he looks like, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's great. And and so he's like, dad, and, and you see Bruce Willis is a full-time mm-hmm. superhero. Mm-hmm. He has a home security business and his son mm-hmm. is like, you know, he's on the prowl and he's on the prowl, the beginning of the movie, looking for James McAvoy. Mm-hmm. And... They're doing grid searches and and another set of young girls have disappeared. Right. And so it sort of picks up right kind of where the end mm-hmm. of Split left, left off. Mm-hmm. And then they get captured and they go into the mental hospital. And all of that is really fascinating because right. the doctor at the mental hospital is trying to say, you don't have superpower. <laughs> right. You're delusional. Mm-hmm. And, um, and how they explore that the movie is the movie a little long. Yeah, that's my criticism of it. Well, I will say this: uh, when I was reading the original cut of the film, had a run of three and a half hours, oh, wow. and he trimmed it up by cutting three of Kevin's twenty-three personalities out of the film. Yeah, there's a lot of personalities in there, and I feel like you still could have cut another fifteen minutes out of this. Film. Right, mm-hmm. but. I don't know, I was kind of on board and any of my, my criticisms were sort of minor. It was just like, well, this this is a little slow. And But all in all, you liked it? I liked it. Mm-hmm. If you liked Unbreakable and you like Split, I think you're gonna really like this movie. Okay. And if you liked Unbreakable and haven't seen Split and Glass, I would, I would go see them. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you really didn't like Unbreakable and you're done with M. Night Shyamalan, then... I don't know if these movies are going to do it, are going to bring you back right, right. into the mm-hmm. fold. I, but I, I had a, nobody left in the fold there's after no, a while. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, I mean, I thought it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to Split, Split really goes into this might be the longest filmmaker comeback in history. Yeah, this is how many twenty years <laughs> yeah. it took to make another good movie. <laughs> it it. You know, one of the things Split really deals with is if, is if you were severely abused, um, then you're you've you've gone through pain and trauma. You you're you've seen the light, sort of. That's the the mm-hmm. James McAvoy's thing is you're you've had the broken. You you have. Mm-hmm. I forget how he says it. So the the young woman and I'm blanking on the name. Um, who, uh, Aaron? Can you look that up? The cast of. Uh, yeah. um, you know, in Split, they reveal that she came from some trauma. And, you know, so it's it's really, it's really intriguing. I, I think there's more to it than just a guy doing his version of, of a comic book thing. Right. Like he put yeah. way more into it in Split, and then that comes out and is really addressed in Glass. I, I had fun at the movie. I mean, like, there's some yeah. scenes Were where- Were you in the food theater? Uh, I was not, but I was in a reclinable seat Mm. and I did, I did buy some nachos. And, oh, well, see, you're already comfortable. I'm comfortable uh, and I had snacks, Mm -hmm. so I was ready to go. All right. So I, you know, that's kind of a twist ending. You liking the movie, really. (laughs) That's a a big M. Night twist. I, I, (laughs) you know, and it's just, I don't know. I, these are three good films that I really liked. I had a blast. All right. 
So that brings the total to four. <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah, no, that's uh, a lot of filmmakers yeah. a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, I also read some trivia to it that you know his original vision for the first movie for Unbreakable that there was a villain for him to fight. There was going to be you know James McAvoy's character, but they couldn't. He couldn't fit it in the original script, and I think it would have gotten too busy if he would have kind of put another character in there. I think Samuel Jackson was was fine. great. Yeah, I think right. that was great. Did you see Unbreakable, Justin? It's been years since right. I've seen it. So. Do you remember liking it? I don't remember. I remember not making it the whole way through the film. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're talking, I was like, remember something from the movie. Remember something from the movie. But I, that's what I remember, not making mm-hmm. it through the whole. I saw Sixth Sense. thought that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. I was the last person in the theater and realized that he was dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're dealing with today. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's interesting. So you, Unbreakable didn't really land for you. No. Did you see Split? No. Didn't have an interest in no. it? No. See, that's the thing. I don't think you would give a shit about Glass then. Mm-hmm. I think like I was, I was mediocre on Unbreakable. I'm like, well, it's okay. I didn't, I didn't love it, um, but I thought it was. I didn't think it was bad. So I'm like, I'm wondering. Well, will Split change my mind? And then did you see Split? I didn't see Split yet. No, so I still have to see Split. You know what? I think you, why you should watch Split, Chris, is because mm-hmm. you really like the. There is a horror element for sure, and yeah. a terror element. You know, thriller, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think you should watch that. Okay. Because I think that might bring you back in. That might uh, get the taste of the visit out of my mouth, my maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Uh, palate cleanser. Yeah. I will, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot for sure. It's like a sherbet between yes. courses <laughs> at right. an expensive bourgeois for your restaurant. Eyes. That's, yeah, it's, it is. It is a sherbet for your eyes. It is sherbet for your eyes. Well, I saw the movie The Favorite, as you know, has gotten wide and um, I would almost say extreme Oscar love because it's been nominated for many, many different uh, categories. Um, as you guys may or may not know, the favorite is a period piece. It is a lot of wigs and gowns with uh, Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, it's about two... There's a lot of court intrigue in it. Mm-hmm. You know, basically two, you know, I don't know what you would even call them, uh, attend court attendees <laughs> that you're never really sure what anyone's job is, except <laughs> yeah. for the people in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> um, courtesans, whatever. Uh, and, you know, one is trying to you know, they're cousins, and then one is trying to up her status at the expense of the other. It is a mix of um, dangerous liaisons, um, the madness of King George. And what's really interesting about it is that it's done by the guy who did The Lobster, which was in a crazy, insane movie. Now, the thing, I liked The Lobster. It had this weird logic to it. It was completely out there. Basically, it was about, if you don't find a soulmate and get married you have a certain amount of time you go to this hotel if you don't find someone to fall in love with they turn you into an animal of your choice oh so but and that like it, like when you read the description like well how that makes no sense how would that be a movie with the the movie itself because it was up for most original screenplay right um it got nominated it makes this kind of bizarre wacko sense to it so you're like okay well then let's see what he would do with a period and gown piece um, the wigs had their own trailer. The wigs had their own trailer. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. that's worth it. And 
The uh, costume designer, Sandy Powell, had to divide her duties between this film and Mary Poppins Returns. Both productions used adjacent workspaces at Pinewood Studios, so that made sense. Here's the thing about this movie. I know a lot of people may enjoy it. I, however, did not. I thought it was absolutely terrible. (laughs) And it really is. It's the phantom thread of this year. It really oh, is. It's wow. it's that movie that, you know, is going to really resonate with a certain amount of people. But then everyone else is like, what the fuck is this garbage? And uh, it also, uh, it's being promoted as like, oh, it's an edgy, brilliant kind of movie. And it really isn't. What it is, it's those movies that I described. It's Madness of King George, except with Queen Anne. And it also is like Dangerous Liaisons, or even like you could have, there's a touch of All About Eve in there as well. But then you take, it's still a period wig and gown movie. And then it has an extra layer of, like, dirty jokes on it, and then that's it. So it's like this weird combination of, like, well, how this this doesn't have the crazy loopy logic of, like, The Lobster. It doesn't have, like, you know, the really fun eccentricities of that movie. And then I was reading that this is the first time the director, Yorgos Lanthimos, directed a film in which he is not the screenwriter, nor is his regular partner, Ephemis Filippo. <laughs> These are all Dr. Seuss names, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's interesting to see this was a completely different feel of this movie the, with him without his partner. So you could see where a lot of the quirkiness and the voice actually came from. It was right. this other guy. <laughs> it wasn't oh, him. Wow. Uh, Who wrote the script so, then? What, what, like, what is it based on a book or something? So I don't think it's Deborah based Davis on a book. Deborah Davis and Tony McNair. No, it wasn't yeah. based on a book. No. Uh-uh. So... And, and here's the thing. It's it's the kind of movie, too. It was one of those movies that you could see the intention. Like, it was trying to stick like a, uh, take like a, uh, a, a wigs and gowns period piece and kind of turn it on in its ear and show you something differently. Like, right. like even like the way Black Swan was not really about ballet. That was, that, yeah. this is where, that's what this movie tried to do. But it failed. It was like, it really was a gown and wiggy mess that uh, <laughs> uh yeah a count and wiggy mess that had some like oh somebody's gonna say something dirty or mean now that's right. like and it was almost like the camera stuck on one of those scenes and like you could almost hear the director in the background going see how edgy we are <laughs> or see how see how clever we're being yeah. with this with this uh genre and uh they did weird things with the camera angles and the sound so all those artistic intentions were there yeah it just didn't come together at least not for me so it might resonate like like if uh you know i I do compare it to phantom thread there's a certain amount of people that will really enjoy it and love it and think and really appreciate it but i am not one of those it's just every year man they make a wig and gown movie but but it actually and they made two of them this year mary queen of wigs and gowns and then the favorite wigs and gowns now there's a couple things that that definitely need to be addressed because one of them is these academy award nominations because um they both got nominated uh rachel weiss and emma uh, and and emma Stone, stone um got Uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actresses. Now, first of all, they are not supporting actresses. They are the lead. It is their story. It is the entire story. The supporting actress is actually Olivia Coleman, who plays Queen Anne. She's, you know, because she's not the main focus of the film. It's the relationship between these two uh, relatives and how they're... um, you know, they're at each other's throats and in the um, effort of this basically status. Yeah. So they want, to, they want to keep increasing their status. But there was also this weird um, subplot of like one of them, like Rachel White's character, um, 
who's basically the queen's um, uh, handmaiden first, would like manipulate her into these weird things like, well, you need to double the taxes on everybody and we need to continue this war with France. But there's yeah. never a motivation of like, well, why? Why would you do these things? You know, clearly it's going to bankrupt the country and, you know, the other political parties are against it. Like, like it was never, are you a foreign agent? Or like, is there some reason why you're trying right. to destroy the country through the queen, but yet you still like the status of being right next to the queen? So there was a lot of stuff that also didn't kind of fall into um, place, but mainly the movie just on a, on a whole didn't work or come together the way the, the filmmakers indeed wanted it to. Um, there's nothing wrong with the performances. Everyone does a good job. It's more, um, which also got me a little irritated because with them, they're not supporting characters. With them taking those to supporting character nominations, that meant Nicole Kidman didn't get one for uh, Boy Erased, which she deserved. Right. right. So it, it really, um, you know, there's, there's so few slots, but it also depends on how the film is submitted. So, but they're like, oh, well, it'll be easier to get a nomination for supporting. But even though your actors are not supporting actors. Right. So uh, that's another thing I think the Academy has to really look at. And like, like reject these submissions. If you've seen the movie, you're clearly aware that they are not supporting actors. Mm -hmm, They're the leads. You know, um, you don't see the girl playing Queen Anne in all the promotional literature. No. But you're saying she's the lead. But right. no, she really was not. So I, I don't know. I, I, this is one of the movies I'd like to see what you guys think on the message boards because it was that kind of movie where is is there something about it that really resonated with you? Did you like the quirkiness and the uh, um, the mix of like all these weird things that they tried to put together because it didn't work for me, which is weird because I, I thought The Lobster was really good. And that was so out there and so you know just right. completely had its own story and logic but this one was like i said caps and gowns with dirty caps gowns <laughs> dresses and dirty jokes wigs <laughs> more wigs and you know it was the kind of mm, thing me too. liketh the dick yeah. joke <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the, uh, and i got to like even with the costumes and the wigs like everything was overly exaggerated and like like it was very costumey it was almost right. like um you know, from Hunger Games, Pan Am or whatever, like that's how they were kind of dressed, where it was almost like um, the Wizard of Oz kind of thing. Yeah. But and I get it, I get it, you know. And uh, but then they just they you know they replay a lot of the same jokes and you know like and the the dynamics and the the movie doesn't really okay. I kind of know where this movie's going, but now I don't really care about the journey. It, it doesn't matter. None of the performances or the characters, you know, really stuck with you. Whereas, again, I'm thinking of Nicole Kidman. That performance made me feel something. She deserves yeah. this nomination. They don't. Right. Uh, but it's not to say that they did a bad job. It's just there wasn't enough meat there to warrant nominations. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, you guys tell me on uh, uh, on the message boards what you guys thought of the movie. Because I, I really want to see. Your favorite wig and gown yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> or hit me up on, uh, on Twitter because I, I think I'm right. The emperor has no clothes. The emperor has no goofy gowns and wigs. Uh, but uh, I think there's, I'm sure there's people here that enjoy that. Sadly, the, the emperor movie. has it every fucking yes. year. Yeah, every year there's a movie like this. But year. at least with Phantom Thread, it wasn't all over the nominations. This movie is all over the nominations, yeah. and it doesn't deserve to be at all. Oh. So, All right, so all right. Justin, you saw mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Saw mid-90s over the What did the you weekend. think of that? Um... There's definitely not going to be any consideration for it, <laughs> but you know, I was interested to see how Jonah Hill was going to do. Wasn't it but, Jonah Hill's Garden State? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he wrote and directed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I believe is his directorial. No, no, no. He he didn't. Yeah, he wrote and directed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was his first time directing. No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, Lucas Hedges was in it. I don't know if you guys have seen him in anything this year, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in everything. But uh, yeah, it was just one of the. It was just like an easy to watch movie. Didn't take much thinking. It was all. It, it was nostalgic for me, like growing up in the mid nineties. Like right. I saw like a lot of similarity, like having the older brother like breaking mm-hmm. into his room when he leaves, brother getting pissed off. Mm-hmm. But you know, I grew up in a farm in Ohio, so there's a lot of stuff like with this. It was like all. Cal- it was like a red hot chili peppers music video like everything was all <laughs> everything was all california like okay we get it you're in california mm-hmm. but uh no overall it was a good movie uh the funniest part was for sure uh, Gerard Carmichael had a cameo in it oh, nice. playing a security guard and it's if i was to bet on it i would say it was all improv because they just let him just go off on these little kids and all the mm-hmm. kids are just laughing like mm-hmm. harder and harder as the more he goes on with it so um, you know, it's good. It's one of those movies that if you have nothing else to watch. I highly recommend. It wasn't bad by any means. But good airplane it, it, movie. What's that? Good yeah, airplane absolutely. movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Do, do you feel like? I mean, watching it, were you like, you know what, Jonah Hill? I'll see more of if he directs, writes, and directs more. I'll go right. see more. I'll, of go, his I'll stuff. go see another one. And I'll be honest, what surprised me was he doesn't get in front of the camera the whole time. Like I figured. And sure. a well-known actor like Jonah Hill would probably, oh, I can write myself a line or two so I can be in the movie. And I was like, actually pretty impressed that he didn't. Or at the very least, the studio or the financiers would go, dude, you need to play yeah. the principal mm-hmm. or something. You yeah. need to be the, the stepdad. You got to be yeah. somewhere in there. Because it is just a bunch of skateboarder kids that are acting in this movie. So, I mean, the acting's not phenomenal, but mm-hmm. it just it all just seemed real. Mm-hmm. Like, it seemed like... Well, well, yeah, let me ask you that. So then... Is it, I mean, you say there's funny moments in it, but there are also sort of heartfelt moments about being in sort of a broken home kind of aspect? Yeah, exactly. Like, the the mom is, like, super dysfunctional trying to raise two kids. Like, the first, I think she had the the oldest son when she was, like, 16. So they're, like, real similar in age, and she's, like, talking about her dating life to him, and... (sighs) And it's just like, you know, he get this kid starts hanging out with the older crew, so he's like, you know, drinking with them and everything, like doing what he can to impress them like kids do. So, I don't know. It was uh, very, it, you feel like you're definitely mid-90s watching it. You're like, that's definitely childhood, and especially skateboarding in California. Right. So oh, That's cool, man. Yeah, It so, looked interesting to me. I, I'm glad to hear that it was, that it was a decent film because it looked interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. As far as like acting, if any of the people, any of the new actors in there are going to go on to do much, but they're good skateboarders. Mm-hmm. So that's probably how they cast yeah, it. Exactly. They need to be good skateboarders yeah. more yeah. than anything. And then, well, that's cool, man. Yeah. Right. Mid 90s. Now, let's uh, talk about a documentary you saw called uh, Icarus. Now, I started reading about this, Grant. This is, was absolutely Well, it won Best Doc last year. Yeah. Won Best Doc, but I didn't realize, too. Um, the film was substantially edited after the premiere at Sundance, where it then was bought, uh, where it was bought by Netflix. The new version debuted in Sundance, London, uh, before being released to Netflix in uh, August of uh, 2017, because it won for 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, then um, I hit at the Sundance Film Festival. There was some speculation the reason the festival itself was hacked because of the film's presence in the lineup, and the Russian authorities need to suppress the revelations in the film. Which, uh, now, I want to hear about this because it didn't get into detail in the descriptions. Like, what actually was revealed in the movie? So here's what happened. It was, it was, it was one of those things. We talk about the different types of, of docs, right? Yes. There's a historical doc. 
Mm-hmm. There's, um, I'm bringing my camera along kind of thing. Right. Um, and, you know, there's, and then there's like, I'm going to document this thing. And then in the middle mm-hmm. of that, holy shit, do we take a right but, turn? Do we, uh, yeah. we discover something we were not expecting. We were not expecting. And that's what this movie is. Okay. So what happens is the, the filmmaker, and let me, let me, let me bring all this information up. So, um, let's see. Icarus, there it is. So the it's film- funny when you type in IC, the first thing that comes up is <laughs> iCarly. <laughs> so Brian Fogel is the director, right? Um, and he's a he's a cyclist, and he's mm-hmm. uh, not a professional, but he's like a high end amateur cyclist. Yeah, okay, right. Mm-hmm. So he enters these big pro am cycling events that are like. I mean, he says it. It's like, this isn't for guys on a weekend hobby. Like, yeah. you're training full time. Do you have a sponsor and you make your living at this? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But you're, right. there, there's some people that are very close to that. If not, you know, they're trying yeah. to make it to that mm-hmm. step. Um, so, so, and he wanted to, and when, when the Lance Armstrong thing, and they go in this briefly in the beginning of the film, when the, the Lance Armstrong re- re- revelations came out, and they show Lance Armstrong saying, I'm never, I've never doped. I'm the most tested guy in history. Right. And then he finally says, yes, I did it. Yeah. And you hear him go, wow. He thinks the lady protests too much. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's very much, he, and he goes, so you know what I want to do? I entered this big, it's called the Hout, H-A-U-T-E. I think it's in Switzerland. It's a big, mm-hmm. it's like the biggest it's the Tour de France for amateur cycling events. Mm. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's not three weeks long, but it's like four, five, six days. It's an mm, intense yeah. thing. You go through the Swiss Alps. It's no, it's no joke, right? So he goes. You need a word between amateur and pro that he, pro would probably be. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> yeah. in there. And he he finished twenty fourth, which was mm. like a big deal. And he goes, you know what? How did how did they get away with hiding the doping so much? Mm-hmm. So he starts talking to this guy at WADA, which is the like international yeah. um, doping board, or they they yeah. oversee it, or they're they're the you know like the legal. Mm-hmm. They do all the testing and verify the testing right. and and all that stuff for the Olympics for everything. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I want to do a documentary about you know doping and how to hide and how to pass a test through mm-hmm. WADA and I'm going to document oh, wow. to show how the system is flawed. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, all right. So he starts meeting with these experts and they put him on a regimen of testosterone and, and performance enhancing drugs. And they're going to put you like this. And then he meets this guy, this Russian guy, Gregory, who worked at this lab in Russia. And he's like, this is how we would do it. And then the, so, so the, the whole then all of a sudden he starts uncovering yeah. this serious Russian doping thing yeah. that goes all the way to Putin, who was like yeah. saying, I want this. And it the 2008 Olympics, the Sochi Olympics, and, and it's all leading up to 2012 in London. Mm-hmm. Sochi was 2014. Those are the Winter Olympics. Yeah. And... All these people are, and it's like he uncovers this crazy plot, and it's like, yeah, it's nuts. And because this one scientist volunteered to talk to him about the system, wow. And the guy, I mean, you know, and 
it's sort of, and and they do an excellent job of sort of showing it in real time, the actual footage and the Olympic committee and these investigations and his evidence. And you're just like, wow. And he explains how we would get it. We would get the urine samples and this is how we would change them out. And, and as like, it's nuts, man. It is. Didn't they have to get him out of Russia after that? Like they're calling for his head. Like, mm-hmm. They had to get him out of Russia. He had to ask probably for asylum. Yeah, and all this stuff. I mean, it's like, it's like, wow. I, I really, it's a really pretty staggering film. Now, I see why it won the Oscar mm-hmm. because this is, we're going to get into some political vigilante territory yeah. real quick. <laughs> I think, I think it's pushing the, it needs we need Russia to be a bad guy with right. everything and blame them for everything. So this got pushed rather than Thirteenth, which is a great documentary, or um, I'm Not Your Negro, which mm-hmm. are like yeah. I, I thought I thought I thought I'm Not Your Negro should have won last year. We talked about this yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a well made documentary. It does everything a good doc does. It brings you into a world you might not have known about, mm-hmm. and you're being brought along for the twists well, and turns. I think too, what makes a documentary like this unique is because of that the very nature of it, where the filmmaker was not expecting to uncover this. So I think that kind of gets points too with the Academy of like you've uncovered something. Not right. only were you not supposed to uncover, you weren't even expecting it to uncover. And as a filmmaker, how do you adjust and adapt to that? Yeah. Yeah, and then that, and that's a great point. And mm-hmm. he adjusted and adapt quite well. I mean, it is a very compelling documentary. And the fact that it's happening in this huge international, right. you know, right. uh, bombshell or mm-hmm. whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, and how he's reacting to this and how he's dealing with this Russian scientist, you know, they become friends. The Russian scientist was like, yeah, I was told to do this. Yeah. You know, and- just doing my job. I'm just doing my, you know, and it's like, it is really- um, I mean, there's some scenes in there where they're meeting with like the WADA officials and all these people in wow. there. And there's, and they're literally, they have like several cameras set up. He's explaining this stuff because I have the evidence. And you see these like two women at the end of the table and they're just like, oh, uh, with their mouths open and they're, they're talking to each other. And one of them's like got her head in her hands, like, oh my God, like this is a disaster. Yeah. Like <laughs> we had no idea. Yeah. And, and also then you realize too, well, if you're just an organization, what could you possibly do about it? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, I mean, uh, it's... it's. There's that moment of like, uh, you know, well, is there, do you have an enforcement wing of your uh, your dope, anti-doping organization? Well, yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really, it's really intricate and it, you see, um, yeah, you see how it's done. And, and I mean, part of me was like, it's a very well-made movie. It's a well-made mm-hmm. doc. Part of me is like the, the over-politicizing of this. I was like, well... I mean, it's fucking all athletes are cheating with, you know, they've been, yeah. <laughs> they're all, they've all like, been doing this. So like, even well, being a UFC fan, I've noticed like, there's this fighter, John Jones, that he's making USADA just look like a joke. Like they're finding steroids in his system still. And they're like, well, it, it's, they're tainted. And it's like, you've tested them for two years in a row now. And you keep finding this same exact steroid and like, well, as long as it's the same steroid and he's at one level, then he can still fight. And it's like, well, wait, doesn't that mean he's still yeah. taking it? Yeah, <laughs> what happened to, hey, if it's in your system, you can't fight. Like, But now it's like, no, if you just have it at this level or below, you can fight. I understand there's like, you know, it's so that stuff stays in your system residually for a while. But yeah. after a year, 
Yeah. You know, but I don't know how that. much of a. Yeah. Uh, chances are you may be putting more in. Well, that's the, <laughs> and this this doc shows how somebody like John Jones could very well be skirting the system. Yeah. And you see, you see this guy's results before the whole Russia cover-up thing gets unrevealed. Un, un, un mm -hmm. You you see his numbers, man. Yeah. And his training numbers and his training team is like, dude, you're here. And the guys administering the, the, mm -hmm. the PEDs are like, yep, this is where you should be. And it's like, you know, and they show like, Last year he came in this place, and this yeah. year he's way ahead of it, and his times are better, and everything. Sounds like Rocky Four when the Russians doing the training, and they're showing him like with yeah. getting the steroids and hitting everything, and all the numbers and everything. You got scientists. What a so. great montage that was! You see <laughs> yeah. Dolph Lundgren getting injected with, with scientists, and then you see uh, you Stallone out on a farm doing push-ups. Yeah, like running with logs so on his shoulders. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, and you, and you go into like the John Jones things. Like John Jones is an amazing martial artist, the best ever, one of the best. Yeah. But he's been tested positive for cocaine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now we're getting this. I yeah. mean, it's it's an athlete's, and you saw it with Lance Armstrong. Those That level of athlete mm -hmm. is so competitive, yeah. and there's so much money at stake. Yeah. Because guess what? If you're not winning anymore, your meal ticket's gone, yeah. baby. The sponsors are gone. What You're done. Right. So it's I, I, I see the, I mean, I, I see the temptation. And then because there's so much money to be made. Right. And when someone becomes that good in their sport, I mean, they're 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 not a person; they're an entity. They're a business, right. and then so all of the other money people are like, and everyone's willing to look the other way. And yeah, yeah, yeah because their livelihood depends on it too. And I mean, look at I mean the UFC. Yeah. When John Jones fights, the pay that's a pay per view business yeah, yeah. model. They mm -hmm. moved an entire event with under a week to like all the fighters flew into Vegas. All this stuff happens to John Jones. They're like, the Vegas Athletic Commission's like, yeah, we're not going to allow him to fight. There's no way. So instead of you know saying, okay, John, you can't fight, they pick up and move the entire event over to the Forum in L.A. with like five days' notice. These people are all like training to fight, cutting weight, and now because of one person, the UFC's like, oh no, we need this guy on the card. This is our without this guy on the card, we're not going to. What about everybody had tickets to go to? Yeah, well, Vegas. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like during the holiday season too, mm -hmm. so people were probably planning little Christmas trips yeah, around. Yeah, absolutely. This. Can you imagine that? Because one guy sells that many pay per views, it's okay that he tested positive for performance enhancing drugs, and we're moving it to a different city. Yeah, that'll give you some indication as to like why are these athletes cheating? Yeah, there. Yeah. Dana and White took a, 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 um, an entire event. Because there are no consequences to your actions. Right, and there's been why. other guys that aren't John Jones that pop for that. And there's We're going to make an example out of them. They're on two-year suspensions. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they had less in their, in their system mm -hmm. than he had in his system. It's just like, yeah. just be good if you're going to cheat. Just make mm -hmm. sure you're good. Yeah, just be a, win a, win a title. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. can win a title, then yeah. you can cheat. Yeah. It's like, that's the same thing with Lance Armstrong. Yeah. Portfolio gets checked first before justice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's 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 you know it's it's crazy and then some of the that's kind of how I felt and I, this isn't a criticism of the filmmaker but in just watching some of the people who are outraged within the movie I mm -hmm. felt the same hypocrisy of like well yeah. <laughs> you guys profit from this you you know the yeah. you, you, you I mean and they banned the Russians from competing in the Rio Olympics. 
And then they overturned it at the last minute. Right. Yeah. You know, and then the Russian soccer team, you know, the, this last World Cup, I love the World Cup. It was a great event. Yeah. It was exciting to watch Russia, who wasn't supposed to get, make it all the way to the final, but I'm watching this movie going, huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You know, and you got to wonder, every athlete. You remind you a little bit of Shaolin soccer, where they're all like, you know. Performance enhanced, nobody could beat the team. Yeah. They got yeah. this magic drug that they're all yeah. taking. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, I remember, you know, I'm a big Cubs fan, and the summer of 98 was the big home run battle year between Sammy oh, Sosa yeah. and Mark mm-hmm. McGuire, and it was really awesome. And then later it came out that Sosa was doing, and they were all doing, and I was like, it, it sort of, it tainted it, because Roger mm-hmm. Maris and Babe Ruth weren't on performance enhancing drugs. And yeah. it sort of was like, that summer... And, you know, baseball was coming off a strike. Yeah. And when it comes to, and these corporations, man, they're just looking at the bottom line and they don't give a shit about anything else. So it's hard to take any of it seriously. I loved McGuire's, like, cop out too when he put the, purposely put the bottle of creatine behind him for one of his interviews. So when he popped, he'd be like, oh, it must have been the creatine. I didn't know that it had Hmm. those. And I was like, yeah, good job. You guys (laughs) know. Everybody knew. Yeah. They all know. It's like it's like, Sam, a, it's like a you know a Looney Tunes cartoon. How did that get there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Sammy Sosa had a corked bat. He got busted mm-hmm. for that, and he was like, I, <laughs> I I didn't realize I picked up the wrong yeah. bat. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I am. Um, right. Professional uh, athlete doesn't know what equipment no. they're using. Yeah, got it. A, it's like oh, I didn't know how to brass knuckles. How did I, I get? Oh that? man, yeah. I didn't know somebody put nickels in my boxing <laughs> yeah, gloves. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, so we have a sponsor. Oh uh, snap! This, this episode, Eero. Uh, they uh, they want to build Wi-Fi that w- they wish. Uh, all right, I'm going to start over. Uh, this is it's a very it's very <laughs> very cumbersome uh, beginning. Yeah. Uh, Eero, life's too short for bad Wi-Fi. Um, the Eero Plus is designed to provide simple, reliable security that defends all your home's devices against a growing number of threats such as malware, spyware, phishing attacks, as well as unsuitable contact. The um, Eero Plus works with the Eero system, the second generation, and it has basically beacons, what are kind of little satellite uh, uh, Wi-Fi installations that you can just literally plug in to an outlet and they en- enhance the range so your whole uh, house can be covered. And it connects over Ethernet or wirelessly or in any combination. And it gets total network protection. Eero Plus uh, can block malicious and unwanted content, great security, content blocking, ad blocking, and then you also get security apps and protection, password management, anti-software, all that cool stuff. And it's the single router model. It doesn't fit our increasingly high bandwidth world. So that's why you really need these beacons because everyone, um, you know, you're always in that one room that the Wi-Fi drops out of. So this will cover those uh, spots. And what's great is that also you can um, manage it all in an app. The Eero app will let you manage the network from the palm of your hand. And it has great customer support. Now, uh, I put it up. It is really easy to put up, and uh, the app makes it really easy to configure. And it also updates itself, so you don't have to worry about downloading firmware, which is also a big help. And we are not going to let you guys pay full price, as always. Now, all you have to do is you get $100 off the Eero base and unit and two beacons, and you get one year of Eero Plus. All you got to do is go to Eero.com slash comedy, and at checkout, enter the word comedy. Uh, so eero.com slash comedy and at checkout enter comedy you get a hundred dollars off the base unit and two beacons package and one year of eero plus all right check it out so you know what else we have today graham 
We have Patreon sponsors. Before you go into that real quick. I no, just no, to... I don't want to hear another word. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the, the actress, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, she's in Split and Glass. She plays Casey Cook. She was like abducted by uh, James McAvoy in Split mm-hmm. and gets out. And she's got a pretty cool storyline in Split and Glass. Mm-hmm. She's, a, she's a pretty good young actress. She, she was is. in the movie Thoroughbreds. Um, so it's, it's, it's another thing I would recommend. She was also in this horrible werewolf um, Little Red Riding Hood movie. That's not her fault. Yes, I know it's <laughs> not. Um, if you want a, if you have, but if you want to see her in a bad movie, check out, check that out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's uh, actually uh, bring it down. I, I'm going to get the actual name of the uh, the movie because I remember seeing it, thinking, oh, this might be a really uh, uh, kind of uh, retelling of, of the, you know, a really cool kind of Red Riding Hood story. But uh, I don't think it happened. Vampire Academy? No, that's not it. The Witch? Morgan? Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Vampire... Morgan's a a horror movie. Yeah, I'm thinking of Morgan, and I'm thinking of Vampire Academy. I'm thinking of one of those. Yeah. Um, The Secret of Marylebone? Oh, she's in New Mutants. I forgot about that. That's the movie, uh, the the movie that will never come out. That's the uh, the X-Men movie. (laughs) Yep. But... uh, so anyway, she is a very talented actress for sure. And uh, anything else you want to say about Anya Taylor-Joy? No. Nope. Mm-hmm. Just she's worth seeing in, Sp- in Split and Glass. Yes. She's um, a good actress, as is uh, James McAvoy's great in it. Mm-hmm. He's, done, he's, he's all his wacky voices. He's unloading the, the can in a wacky voice. How many, um, how many personalities did they actually keep and use in the movie? He supposedly has 24, but I, I don't know. You probably see 15 of them maybe. Sequel. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we have some uh, some great, great. Oh, I know. I'm thinking. I've got her confused with Amanda Seyfried in Little Red Riding Hood. So again, uh, not her fault at all. No, not her fault no. at all. What's, especially if um, yeah, it wasn't her, then wasn't we can't her, blame yeah. her. <laughs> little Red Riding Hood movie. Or should Awful. we though? Just be even though she wasn't in it. Well, she looks like her, so that is. Well, her that's fault. it. She's yeah. guilty. That's... Um, so uh, Johnny Ruline's promoting his novel Green Sheet. Uh, a Junkie's Guide to Street Magic, and it's available on Amazon in both digital and hard copy. And it's, it's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her immortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is ha- happyhorrorshowproductions.com, happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And the Audacity Performing Arts Project produces after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low-performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Please visit them at audacityperformingarts.com, audacityperformingarts.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide is a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. Get caught up on season one before season two premieres in February of 2019, wherever podcasts are found. Coffeeoversuicide.com. Audacity and coffee. Mm -hmm. Check them out. And Alice Frazier, co-host of the Bugle podcast and host of Tea with Alice, brings Frazier. you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival with a binaural microphone, which creates an immensely intense listening experience. Check out alicefrazier.com with an S. And Rebecca Evans, the art podcast. When we move past hesitation, we're true to ourselves. We find our own art in life. You want to hear some cool stories and get inspired? Check out The Art, facebook.com slash theartpodcasts. With art. Us. And La Calavera by Alan Ross, the story of a pirate radio operator who decides to go into the pirate cable TV business. Darren Loney, together with a group of misfits and the questionable guidance of a spiritual advisor in the form of Richard Nixon, 
gear up to take on the world's largest media conglomerate and its egomaniacal CEO. Now available on Amazon and ebook and hard copy. Last but, last but not least, <laughs> David Hynek, the composer of contemporary classical music that people actually like. Check out davidheinick.com, H-E-I-N-I-C-K. All right. Heineck. So thank you so much, Patreon supporters. We It really helps us out. Um, it's it's really good. You're helping the show, and you're keeping us going. And uh, this is a great ad tier if you want to get your business or product out there. We mention it every show. But, you know, if you don't have 50 bucks to spend, hey, Patreon will take one or two a month. Absolutely, Everything helps. We appreciate any help you guys can give. And as we say all along, there's other free uh, ways to help, too. Uh, good reviews on iTunes and even like if you want to uh, do a review on earbuds like that you've seen maybe on Amazon Prime that also helps iTunes reviews Amazon reviews everything tracks and it uh, helps get us in the algorithms so check yeah, out a lot of free ways mm-hmm. to support the yeah. show and uh, any of that stuff is, is helpful and of course you know we understand some of your money's tight even just a dollar a month you yeah. can support Patreon $12 a year mm-hmm. that's one like uh, burger, fries, and a, some sort of drink. Yes, it's a happy meal. It's a happy meal. <laughs> yeah. Well, not a happy meal. Happy is here $12, Chris. Come on. It's two happy meals. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one every six months. <laughs> <laughs> Just get, for those of you that buy a happy meal every, twi- six, every yes. six months. <laughs> um, all right, let's watch some trailers. Mm-hmm. And here we go. This is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. I just got my not cash back match. A cumbersome title. Not at all. There's an ad, of course, that we can't avoid. Oh, how dare they. These weird discovery ads. Yeah. Where they cast two people that look identical, and then you keep trying to go, is this? It's only twins, Graham. That's it. Oh, why did that? God, I really hate using this fucking tablet thing. Guys, I'm staring at you all night. What do you say we get out of here? I find it really interesting that Zach Efron's going to play a serial killer, though. I feel like I'm on top of the world. There are things you don't know. Hi, officer. I think I must be lost. That will shock you beyond your worst nightmare. Yes. I am innocent. You don't actually believe this garbage, do you? It's in all the papers, Ted. Monkey! How did his name get on that suspect list? I want to come see you. I was really hoping you'd say that. I feel like Michael Shannon turned this down and Zac Efron went, I can do it. (laughs) It's about catching a monster. Well, Ted Bundy was a good looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Michael Shannon already looks like a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Partner. The media has convicted Ted before he's had his day in court. I'm gagged, and you're not. I wonder whether he did it or not. I'm more popular than Disney World. Did you do these things? Absolutely not. Wow. Mm. Let me get back to plotting my escape here. Surprised Lucas Hedges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it looks interesting. You know, there's, there's. You if, never know how the execution is going to be in a movie like this. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. I would 
suggest because there's a there's a doc series on netflix that has the ted bundy tapes that has his tapes from prison oh wow and i watched the trailer for it and it looks creepy because it's him actually in prison just going you know very very calmly just going well you know they these women had it coming or whatever his crazy fucking (laughs) cycle thing is Mm -hmm. but i don't know this makes it look like that trailer sort of like the wacky hijinks of ted (laughs) bundy you know yeah, it's like, why did they put him in jail? He didn't well, deserve what did he it. Do? Yeah. Start cheering for him. He's a good-looking guy that used to sing in Disney movies. Come why on. Would I, what's, <laughs> what's wrong with him? You know, it's really like I guess unless the the point of the filmmaker is to go, this is how he bamboozled everybody for right. so long. And I'm hoping that's the case. Not that it's just all Hollywood polish and a serial killer movie. Because that makes it look like a fucking rom com. Yeah. Right. You know, it's entirely possible the director is like, you know, screaming at the screen when he saw the trailer right. come back. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know. So we'll have to see. It's, I mean, because it's just mm-hmm. sort of like Bundy's at it again. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. yeah. Like he's was, a, it, it was, was cut a like a, it was cut like a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like a spinoff character from the Dukes yeah. of Hazard or something. It, it literally looked like a Jonah Hill movie. Yeah. Cut, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, trailer. What's Ted. he going to do this week? Yeah. yeah. Find out on Ted. <laughs> Ted, what have you got us into now? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, Ted. Know. Oh, dude. Now, I will say this next movie I really think might be an early Academy Award uh Really? Um, yeah. It's called Among the Shadows. It might be, I don't know. I think they're they're pining for an award here I think just releasing it early to get out in front of it Lindsay Lohan movie. there's no mm-hmm. such thing as a perfect this writer this is why I use Grammarly <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 I saw that I was like wait a minute Lindsay Lohan VMI were one very famous studio I'm immensely proud of our European Federation do it you want it now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How are you? I've been shot. What did you say? The silver bullet. Harry? What can I help you with? I want to hurry. For what? Someone wants to kill my husband. God, she's such a great actress. Why don't you go to the European police? Because I think it's one of you. <laughs> a werewolf. And what makes you so sure it's not one of you? <laughs> It's the game. They need to see that this hasn't hurt our campaign, though. Both candidates will. Werewolves, politics, and Lindsay Lohan together. Like it. You have two days to kill it. Yeah, this trailer editor had to make it together. Did you know Harry was? Well, go see gotta it. get to this trailer editor's hard drive because there's a joke <laughs> cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and become a stronger, more peaceful order as an example to the rest of the world. <laughs> Something my husband wanted for so long. <laughs> he was a good friend to me. He was someone I could trust. I feel like I've already seen this two hour movie. That's what this trailer feels like it's been on for two hours already. All right, I would have loved to see the picture. All right, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to get Ginzi, Lindsay Lohan, and we're going to take all the outtakes from the Twilight movie, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to cut them together, and we're going to make a new movie, <laughs> and we're going to set it in Paris. I, I want to know what first-time actor is on the set of that movie, 
and they're just bragging to their friends like you would not believe this. It's guy. so good. This it's is so it. good. Yeah, guys, I'm gonna go ahead. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair, I think any filmmaker deserves credit to get uh, Lindsay Lohan to show up on a regular basis to True. a set. I hope Lindsay Lohan is sober. I hope she's clean. I hope she's turned her life around, and mm. I hope she had fun making this movie. <laughs> Because this movie looks like it is the kind of thing I wish I was hired to be in this movie just so I could yeah. pull that young actor aside who's like, <laughs> I bought the house, this is it. And go, hey man, come here. Like no one buy a plane ticket. Yeah, yeah. I would I would invest that money. Save <laughs> yeah. save something for lunch. Save something yeah. for lunch. Mm-hmm. Stay in your one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, just this is gonna be a franchise. No, it's no, it's gonna be like no, uh, a Twilight. No, 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 keep driving the car. No, no, Underworld. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's like not straight to the top. Yeah. It's uh, straight to DVD, bud. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> this is oh Lindsay Lohan's Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> yeah. Like Netflix is gonna pass on this. Yes, <laughs> like you need to know this right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this feels like the kind of movie. Mm-hmm. If Netflix needs a movie right now where they're going to lose millions of dollars, they still won't buy this like movie. Like if Netflix yeah. server crashes yeah. <laughs> yeah. and this is the only movie yeah. they could show, like, I don't know that they would. Guys, let's go ahead and call it. It's been, it's been fun, yeah. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I have a movie for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. we're, we're going to punch out. Yeah. We're going to give it to Hulu. We're yeah. done. Yeah. We're... I, I think we should do a spoiler on this movie. I think... <laughs> No, I think we should watch it live. I think we should watch. Yeah, I think we should live stream us in the theater watching like Mystery Science. Yes, with microphones. We'll be the only one there. Yeah, we'll have the theater to ourselves. The best would be if we go to watch at the ArcLight. That guy will still come out and introduce the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like my thing is, is I I go to I go to movies on Monday mornings. I think it's like. Just super cool. I'll get out of class at 10. I'll just walk over to the movie yep. theater, watch a movie. You're going at dad time, by the way. Yeah, Friday, oh, yeah. Friday I went, morning. I saw Glass yesterday at 11.45 mm-hmm. a.m. But yeah. it, I love going to the arc light because even if I'm the only person in the theater, that guy will still come out mm-hmm. and give the spiel. <laughs> I want to know. It's like a tree fall. Like, if no one's in the theater, does he still give the speech? <laughs> <laughs> It's like a, it's I like, hope they make him stay. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one in there. Brian, yeah. you better. But yeah. I yeah. know there's no one in there. You have to practice it, <laughs> yes. Brian. Yeah. It's, um, this, is, this is in your job description. Yeah. yeah. Right. You want to work Saturday nights, Brian? Yeah, yeah. You better do the Monday mornings. You want a headline tonight, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> this is the equivalent of you laying down on the yeah. job if you Earn don't do keep. this. We got to watch this movie and make fun I'm of in. it. Yeah. All right. I'm in. Okay, good. Done. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So uh, coming out on DVD and Blu-ray, um, The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. I don't even know a child who wanted to see this movie. So I Stop don't... making up movie titles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of uh, like like you, you look at it like, first of all, kids don't even care about the Nutcracker story anymore. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you know, you've got this weird um, fantasy movie that Disney put together. And it just looks like even the trailer was like, oh, I don't know. Is that... Even if you just love special effects, would you really like want to see that movie? And yeah, my kids had no interest in seeing it at all. Here's here's what and they, it, it tanked. It did did horribly. Well, here's how they created this movie. This is the, uh, somewhere on a whiteboard is yeah. is uh, Nutcracker Lord of the Rings. Somebody <laughs> sure. wrote that, yeah, or yeah. Nutcracker Harry Potter, and yes, they went right. make it. Mm-hmm. And someone yep. went, I got it, Nutcracker yeah. in the Four Realms. I'll have a draft to you by tomorrow, right. boss. <laughs> 
No, he pulls the script out and goes, mm. just pulls off the title page <laughs> and then just writes Nutcracker in the Four Realms. <laughs> Boom. Anytime it says Mary, just change the name. Yeah. <laughs> but he's probably sleeping well at night now because he's like, yeah, at least I didn't make Among the Shadows. Yeah. <laughs> he's good. At least this is a Disney yeah. property yeah. at the very least. Yeah. Someone uh, will watch this yeah. somewhere. This is the next movie is Hunter Killer. This is that weird submarine movie that nobody saw. Um, but, uh, and the next one is The Wife. Actually, I think, didn't Glenn Close get nominated Glenn for this Close one? is nominated yeah. for this. I have a screener mm-hmm. for this, so I actually want to watch it. Oh, I'll, hopefully mm-hmm. I'll be able to watch it for the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll I, I want to see how, what her performance is. this is like. one of those movies, too, in the Academy Awards where it gets nominated for performance, but nothing else. So that means she's probably great in it, but the movie around her may like not be Jackie as great. Like the Jackie Onassis. Yeah, Jackie yeah. Jackie Kennedy Onassis. There's a lot film. of movies like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, Boy Erased. Uh, now, this is a movie I did like. It it was interesting, and it had, like, a great performance by Nicole Kidman, even though she wasn't in it that much. But as far as supporting goes, uh, really great performance. And the kid does a great job. kid does too. a great job. All the yeah. acting what is great. What was his name? Um... Lucas. Yeah, Lucas Edges. Yeah, wasn't he? In it? Uh, yeah, I was like, I want to see if yeah. he really looks it up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but Lucas Edges because I believe it was um, who an actor directed it, right? That, that's in the movie. Yeah, it's uh, let, let's pull it up real quick because the thing about this movie, Boy Erased, is that it's very um, performance based. Like you could tell whenever an actor directs a film like that's what he focuses most right. on yes yeah, joe edgerton oh, and okay. it's a and that's probably how nicole kidman got it. it's a very australian cast mm-hmm. talking about you know gay conversion therapy yeah. that's happening in the midwest which is really interesting like we need a bunch of aussies to help us tell the story <laughs> yeah. um well i'm sure so, they do this in yeah. australia yeah <laughs> no i saw so, it a couple months ago and it it's yeah, it's intense it? yeah definitely it's, some, it's heavy yeah like, it it's is one of those you walk out you're like yeah, but isn't Nicole Kibben's performance? It's so yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, there is. Am I allowed to talk about scenes in it, or is that? Well, no spoilers, but uh, you well, know, it doesn't give the, the ending away. But uh, when she goes to the conversion camp or whatever, right? Like she doesn't do what I think she's going to do. Like I'm. Like, That's why I thought she really deserved the yeah. uh, the the uh, nomination because she plays that. Um, that type of character, like, well, she's, you know, a Midwest wife that's yeah. wife of a preacher. She's just going to be basically do whatever he says and not really voice an opinion. And that's how her character is set up. Yeah. But then she evolves from there as a character. And that's what is That's so fantastic. intriguing when yeah, a character does that. Yeah, it was really that. cool. Um, so uh, it's definitely worth it to see for performances. Like, uh, I would have expected a, a little, a few more acting nominations to come out of this movie right. not necessarily for directing or screenplay or anything like that but um uh, it's good definitely well, see it it's especially time for the performance it's that time of year where dvd and vod is is you can catch up on stuff on, yeah. on yeah. oscar nominees mm-hmm. like wife and boy Over yeah and there's always going to be a handful that you're never going to get or see because it's they're not they're nowhere yeah, they're they're like, just they're, yeah and uh but you know if you if you live in a town or you're not that you have one movie theater or whatever it's you're not going to yeah. be able to grab these and if they're not on vd there's no way to catch them mm-hmm. again we say it every year it's like make these movies available so people mm-hmm. could care about your dumb awards show so people could actually yeah. watch them before the yeah. awards um and uh, on the site spotlight all the uh, dana gold merchandise still 20 percent off we're still doing the free T-shirt with every T-shirt order, but you know what I'm going to add today, Graham? What are you going to do, Chris? I'm going to add a, uh, a free CD. You with every son CD of a bitch! Order. Yep. Ooh. You buy a CD, you're going to get one free. I love it. I don't know what it's going to be, but you're going to get something. I love it. 
Mm-hmm. Could be Wayne Fetterman. Could <gasps> be Suli McCullough. <gasps> We've got, could be uh, Mark Maron, Pat Oswalt. We've got a variety of CDs in the nice. garage. That uh, And a lot of them are signed. Not all of them, but some of them are. Uh, Wayne Fetterman, mm-hmm. Graham Elwood, oh. Doug Benson. I hear he's yes. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Still got some CDs left. You get them while you can. Graham Elwood, not Doug Benson. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, uh, Jackie Cation stuff is going on sale too. Twenty percent off with the coupon code Dork, and there are some Dork Forest T-shirts and a couple of CDs left. We don't have many, so they're uh, again, it's a uh, um, a liquidation sale. So check it out. There's only a few left. Um, and uh, Allison Rosen's shirts. Use the coupon code Snuggle for twenty percent off. All right. Guess what's coming out this week, Graham? Miss Bala. Is coming out. We this watched weekend. a trailer for that. We did, and uh, I'll tell you, this is actually when studios get it right as far as release windows. This is the perfect release window. There's literally nothing there. Mm-hmm. It's a counter programming to all the Oscar movies, and it's a uh, it's a great time to release this movie. Now, yeah. if they were really smart, they'd do it simultaneous theatrical and on demand. Yeah, but uh, I think it's just theatrical. Yeah. So uh, it's also a remake of a, um, I think a. A, uh, I think it's a Spanish. I'm not sure. It's a remake. It of It looks a film. interesting. When we watched yeah. the trailer. I mean, a, um, it looks interesting I think it's a Mexican. Film. I, I can't remember, uh, but it's a remake of a film. But it it's one of those movies too that uh, um, it doesn't go where you think it'll be. Like it'll, it's like, oh, this is going to be another Taken. But then she actually gets indoctrinated into the lifestyle of like the border crime between Mexico right. and America, and then she realizes, hey, some opportunities. Maybe I should turn this to my advantage. You see, double agent, triple agent, who's she playing? So now uh, all of a sudden it gets a little bit more intriguing. I love it. So, And the next movie is Arctic. This is the um, basically castaway, but in the Arctic. <laughs> with uh, <laughs> I think it's Mads Mikkelsen. I don't know how to say his name. Up. Yeah, Arctic? Uh, Did yeah. you watch a trailer? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think we saw a trailer for this one. They are so. like, stuck in it. But it's 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 one of those movies too. It really feels like oh god, this was done a year and a half ago, and we're finally we got to figure out just where to put it. Arctic. I don't know. Arctic. No, no, it's not. <laughs> there is also a Mads Mikkelsen movie named uh, Polar that where he's, he plays a hitman, but it is not that movie. Um, it is maybe it's the same character <laughs> that once you know he's a hitman, but then he um, he got trapped in the Arctic. I'm not sure. Oh, here we go. Joe Penna, Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and he's just like... Yeah, he's just trapped in the Arctic. There's two people in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, that's it. A man stranded in the mm-hmm. Arctic after an airplane crash must mm-hmm. decide whether to remain in the relative safety of his makeshift camp or to embark on a deadly trek to the unknown hopes of making it out alive. All right. Okay, it is, uh, Miss Bala is a remake of a Mexican movie of the same name, so it is also called Miss Bala. Uh, so yeah, Arctic, I don't know. It, it feels like it just like, well, this is... Uh, we just need something to put in the movie theater. I, don't, I yeah. really feel like it's just a weird kind of thing. We don't know what to do with this movie, so let's just drop it now against Miss Bala. Mad Nicholson's the gray. Yeah, <laughs> but without wolves. Mm-hmm. Cast so, away on ice. But what's interesting is, like, <laughs> the, the, yeah, they are making out Polar, which is um, 
just a him about being a hitman that comes out of retirement. Right, that's on uh, Netflix. Yeah, that's on Netflix, yeah. This one is theatrically. So I don't know. I guess yeah, he had a busy year or two, a couple of years, and now finally stuff is starting to be released. Maybe, did he like buy property like in the, in Ar- the Arctic? And yeah. they were like, these are the only way I'll do movies. Yeah. Have <laughs> yeah. Scripts that I can shoot in the snow. <laughs> it feels like some yeah. weird deal was made by his reps. <laughs> so, yeah. Something. Or um, I can only do movies uh, unless they have titles that Think, make you think of something cold. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I mm-hmm. can't do any hot titles. Yeah, the he next doesn't movie want to shave his beard. It's gonna no, be. He doesn't want to shave his <laughs> yeah. beard. Yeah. He's like, I just don't want to shave my beard. The next, <laughs> next movie, it's gonna be a diamond heist called Ice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, a bank in Reykjavik yes. that he's gonna steal from. I'm gonna be a prisoner in solitary confinement. It's gonna be called Cooler. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Is he going to do a remake of that Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where he plays the security guard in his ice rink? <laughs> yeah. Sudden Death, which I have a hockey jersey from Sudden Death oh. that I wore at uh, Potfest several years ago. Nice. And you know what name it says on the back? Van Damme. Van Damme. That's what name Darn it says right it on does. Goddamn. Mm-hmm. There's only one name on that team. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's the only name you'll need, Chris. <laughs> nope. The Puck Drops, February 14th. <laughs> All right, well, I think I think that's episode 452. It is. Lock it down, put it in the books. Punch it, send mm-hmm. it away. Send it to the Arctic. Send it to the Arctic with Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> yeah. Turn it into a Mad F452. Mm-hmm. Turn it into a Mads Mikkelsen Frozen movie. You really should. I really mm-hmm. think you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Wood, where can people find you online? Any upcoming shows, tour they, dates, uh, whatever? They can find me on Instagram at Justin underscore Wood underscore. Uh, every Tuesday night, I'm at the Dude's Brewery in Santa Monica doing comedy. And next month, uh, the second weekend of what is next month? March, I will be February. at Laughs Comedy Club oh. with Brody. Oh. Going up there and doing some guest spots with him. And then the last weekend of March, I'll be at the Funny Stop Comedy Club in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Oh, great. Nice. Mm-hmm. Laughs in Kirkland, Washington. Is that where it is? I just looked up their website and saw Brody was there and asked if I can do guest spots. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Professional. Nice, nice. <laughs> Well, right on. Uh, Justin, thanks for doing the show. And, you know, you guys, if you if you follow me online, if you live in L.A., at Graham Elwood on the Twitter and Instagram, I go to the dudes every once in a while. Yeah. So when I'm doing one of those shows, I'll let you know. And also, uh, January 30th, Wednesday, January 30th, tomorrow, I'm doing Political Vigilante Live at the Sycamore Tavern, the dojo of comedy in Hollywood there. Free parking, a huge parking lot in the back. Ten in Hollywood, In Graham? Hollywood. Free parking? It's unbelievable. Mm. It makes it easy. $10 ticket, no drink minimum. Uh, Jimmy Dore is my guest. Uh, that's an 8 o'clock show, Wednesday, January uh, 30th. So come on out. Go to GrahamElwood.com for all my tickets and tours and everything like that because I'm going to be headlining in Chicago at the end of February at all three of the Zanies, back to back to back. Oh, wow. And then Progressive Comedy Tour begins back up in March with Ron Placone. Nice. So check nice. it out. Right. And uh, my graphic novel is available. It is. It will be available from Starburns Press as well in digital form. We're working on that. That'll be up in another uh, month or two. And also Conversations from the Abyss has started dropping the second season. Uh, the first episode, Multiple, stars Cecil Baldwin from Welcome to Night Vale. Check it out. And uh, if you could put in a couple of uh, ratings and reviews, because uh, it's still kind of a new podcast and it could use some more. So Conversations from the Abyss. All right. Well, thanks That's a lot. Uh, Justin Wood, thank you. Thank you, guys. Aaron Brungard on the ATC ones and twos. Uh, my name's Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. The Wigs had their own trailer. They did. <laughs> <laughs>